Today on the show, I'm happy to have Lynn Mueller. He's the president and CEO of Shark Energy Systems. Shark Energy Systems recovers thermal energy from wastewater. So how did you get into the sewage heat recovery business, Lynn? About 13 years ago, I had retired from my real job and I was looking forward to spending a quiet retirement at home with my wife and Maybe one of the biggest mistakes I made is that I forgot to tell my wife I was going to do that. And the second thing was that I decided she needed a new kitchen without checking in with her. And I didn't have any skills in woodworking or anything, but I thought, how tough can it be? So about day three of my retirement chat, she suggested that I either find something to do or a new place to live because I was driving her crazy. And, and I knew my way home, so I wasn't anxious to move. And I had been thinking for some time just how much energy goes down the drain. I had, I had kids and teenage daughters and stuff, and I was paying $100 a month for hot water. And then virtually you heat it up and then you just throw it away. So I thought, gee, if everybody in the neighborhood is throwing away $100 and everybody in the world is, there's got to be a business there somewhere. And that was really the impetus to starting Shark. And I have three beautiful granddaughters. And one of, one of the oldest one, Logan, is super sensitive to watching the news. And every day there's some awful tragedy and global warming and tornadoes and all this stuff. And she was worried about her future. So as her grandfather, I wanted to do everything I could do to, to help solve whatever little bit of that problem I could help with. And turns out that wastewater is perhaps the largest reservoir of renewable energy in the world. And it's everywhere. So how does that, where does this technology go? Does it go at the processing plant? No, we've, we've actually only ever worked at one sewage treatment plant, but it goes along the line to the sewage treatment plant. So a good example is here in Vancouver, British Columbia, where we live. There's a pumping station that pumps the wastewater from downtown Vancouver to the treatment plant on Anasis Island, about 10 or 15 miles away. And so at that sewage treat, uh, pumping station, we access the sewage flow, which is about two or 300 million gallons a day. And we take a couple thousand gallons a minute out of there and we heat 22 million square feet of apartments and provide hot water. When you think of how much sewage flow in the world, that's 200 trillion gallons a day. And it's all been heated about 30 degrees Fahrenheit. There's just so much energy stored in there. And, uh, and then uh, you want to know about problems along the way. We didn't know a damn thing about sewage. We, we knew about moving heat and stuff. But sewage is a whole new ballgame and it is very difficult to work with. So we had to learn by making mistakes. And I think we made every mistake you could possibly make. But luckily we survived and we're certainly one of the one of the largest companies in the world are in the sewage heat recovery game. The opportunity continues to expand. And for every bit of energy we, we recover, that means that energy doesn't have to be provided with a fossil fuel source. So everything we do offsets the use of fossil fuels and carbon production. So that means a lot to me and my granddaughter, and now she can have fun and have solved all the problems of the world, but at least she knows I'm working on it. Yeah, that's for sure. This is a massive energy saver right here. 
Yeah. And if you were to, if you were to look at a city, for instance, I know you live in Florida, but if you were to look at New York City, for instance, they have 1.4 billion gallons of wastewater a day. And it's a scale that you just can't even comprehend. And it's all been heated from people throwing away their warm water by about 30 degrees. So there's two parts to it. If you looked at that amount of wastewater going into the ocean, that's enough heat to melt 11,000 times the mass of the Empire State Building every year. But if you recovered just one degree back from, from that water using a shark system, and what makes it really functional for us is we're about 400% efficient. So for every dollar you spend to operate shark, you get $4 worth of heat back. But if you did that in New York City and just captured one degree, you would create a cash stream of about $3 million an hour of recovered energy. And you convert that into barrels of oil. And all of a sudden, maybe the Saudis can't afford to buy the PGA Gulf. So maybe there's some good things can come too. It sounds like a no-brainer. Why hasn't New York not adopted the shark system yet? I think just the proximity of where you're getting the heat just keeps most people out of there. It's not the most popular place to go to down the down in the sewer line. But also Shark really perfected the method of separating the solids from the water. So the water is nice and warm, but it's full of paper and rats and whatever else goes down the sewer line. And so that would normally plug a heat exchanger. So what we developed, Chad, is a way to clean that water so we can put it through a heat exchanger and recover the heat. I'm the, I'm the inventor and patent holder on the shark and the piranha and the mako and all of our products we make are named after fish by accident. But, but the real breakthrough, the problem we solved is how do you clean the water up good enough to get the heat out of it? And, and New York cities, they have 90,000 buildings. They have to retrofit to meet their carbon reduction requirements. So. It's a huge market for us, and we're actually just doing one of our first projects called Amalgamated Housing in Brooklyn, which is a big social housing complex. It'll be the first shark in New York City. And I was in Denver this week earlier, and we have a system there that provides heating and air conditioning for 250 acres of new development that's going to be coming there. So right now, there's only three university buildings on the campus. And just by running the shark, which you could also put the heat from the air conditioning into the sewage, we save about 20,000 gallons of fresh water a day that would have gone to the cooling tower. So when you think Las Vegas and these kind of places are drier than you can imagine, that 20,000 gallons a day equates to so much water would make a difference. And I like our chances here because we're a super simple technology. And I'm a kind of a nut for new ideas all the time. And I looked at fusion and I looked at all these, these things that are going to change the world, but they're still 40 years away from being usable. They're super complicated. There's about a million things can go wrong with them. Our system requires only two things or three things, actually, that the two laws in thermodynamics is that energy can't be created or destroyed, which means you can't, it just changes position, really. You can't get rid of it. Heat moves from warmer to colder. 
and sewage runs downhill. If all those things stay in effect, our systems work. And they're just super simple is why I really like it. And I'm, a, I'm not an educated man or anything, but even I can understand how it works. So that's what makes me really happy. What are the biggest obstacles in rolling out the technology? Yeah, accessing the sewer lines. So when you get into the middle of a city, Chad, you've got to be very creative on how you can dig up a street in New York City. You'd be hung in Times Square for tying up traffic and stuff. So we've got to be very creative on how we get to the lines and, and where we access it. And one of the key points for us is that you're dealing with sewage and it doesn't smell particularly nice. So we had to have a system we could put in a city that didn't smell. So we had to build the system completely sealed. And that sounds, it's easier to say than it is to do, but our system is completely sealed. So you can go to any one of the 40 or 50 installations we have around the world and you don't have to smell the product. So that was a big step forward too. And just people accepting the fact that you're going to reach down into their sewer line and get money out for to get $10 worth of good, it only takes $2 worth of effort. And it's greens. So downtown Vancouver, the system there that heats the 22 million square feet will save about 5,000 to 7,000 tons of CO2 being produced every year. So there's a very significant impact. One of the larger projects in the city. But then while we're in the business, I thought, why don't we do more district energy type of systems? And if you're in downtown New York in the middle of winter, there's a great big furnace going, heating hot water and heating the building. Right next to it, there's usually an air conditioner running, cooling parts of the building. And so one's taking heat out, one's putting heat in, but they never communicate. So what we've developed is a passive energy loop where all the buildings share the energy on the loop and you only need the difference between the heating and cooling, not the total of both. So it's been, it's really been a passion of mine my whole life to, to move heat around. And I'm a refrigeration mechanic by trade that I know how to cool things and heat things. So it was pretty simple for me, but, uh, but it is such a, it's such a rewarding opportunity for me to give back for a wonderful life. I'm 68 years old and. I've had a, I've had a fantastic life and I owe this world so much. Anything I can do is, is my pleasure. I love the positive outlook and that you're in sewage and you love it. This is a great case of when you start a business, pick a problem and pick a problem nobody else wants to deal with because you won't have to really deal with much competition. Yeah. And oddly enough, Chad, there's not a lot of companies getting into the business. The worst thing for me is I just don't have a lot of friends. I must smell that or something. But it's just a, it's a phenomenally simple thing. And I read all the time about you're going to drill five miles into the earth and hit a geothermal thing. And what can go wrong with drilling five miles into the ground and it's so expensive. Or there's half the energy used in the world that's literally six feet below your feet and you can access it and get 400% efficient. And there's many, there's many great ideas in the world and, and I love reading about them and stuff, but there is none simpler than what we do. And utilities like it because they like to sell you that hot water and then they sell it to you, Chad, you have a shower five minutes later, you throw it away. They sell you the very same energy back the next day. It's just this continual cycle and you throw it away, we catch it and give it back to you and charge you for it. So 
there's a phenomenal financial model for it too. Yeah, it's great when it can do, it conserves energy, it benefits the world, and there's a financial aspect so that the companies actually want to do it. Yeah, we're very concerned too about our carbon footprint and all that. So we build our equipment to last for 50 years, not 50 days like some of the crops on the market. And our embodied carbon count is months, not years. And if you buy a solar panel, it takes the first seven years of operation to pay off the carbon it took to build it. Ours is about seven months. And, and because we have large capacity and a rather small footprint, but it's terribly gratifying. I got to go to Denver there and watch the system work on the hottest day of the year in Denver. Ne never missed the beat. People are getting air conditioning and hot water, heat, and it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderfully simple opportunity to do the right thing. What would your advice be to entrepreneurs just starting out trying to find problems to solve? Don't get in the sewage recovery business. It's, I could have retired 10 years ago, but I can't now. But no, I think you have to have a passion for what you do. I, mean, I don't care what it is. And if you've got a passion to do it, you're going to ride it through and be successful. If you don't have a passion, keep your day job and don't waste your time. Because being an entrepreneur is not always Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or these rich guys. It's poor old working stiffs like me that are living the dream and, and trying to get by and takes a long time and businesses take time to build. And I've done a number of businesses in my life and I always think I can do it faster, but it takes 10 years to build a business. And you know, it, and if it isn't a widget, if it's actually truly a business, it just takes time to develop. So be patient and believe in yourself. And if it's a good idea, it bets itself pretty quickly. Is there good tips? And yeah, it's picking a business that other people don't want to do that really solves with the world's problems. You'll be solid. You put 10 years into that, that'll be a really strong business. Yeah. Yeah. If you stick to it and you believe in it. And of course, if it's a good idea, if it's a dumbass idea, you're not going to be successful anyway, but, but there's lots. I used to worry about where the world was going and then I meet young people like you and I just know we're going to be okay because uh, the youth of this world, they're so smart these days. It's amazing. And uh, one, one example of that is I won an innovation award a few years back where we were put in an innovation hub out in Mountain View, California, and uh, just full of these brilliant young people, most of them masters or doctorate level people. And they came to me and they go, listen, old man, the Hardware is really nothing because anybody can copy that. It's how you handle the data flow. that's really important. So I, I'm pretty open-minded. So I said, tell me more kind of thing. So one thing we did with Shark is we developed without a doubt, the smartest piece of steel equipment in the world. It has all kinds of data retrieval, all kinds of instinctive data measuring. So we know how it's working. If the unit is on the brink of failing, the unit itself emails for service. Like it is the smartest piece of steel ever. But thanks to the kids in that innovation hub that took the time to tell me that. And then I just became obsessed with it. But, but now it's fun. Now you want a mobile app. You want to check. <laughs> but it's, I think the world is in, in a bit of a quandary right now, but I think old parts like me have to turn over the problem to young people like you that can actually solve them. So I'm feeling pretty good about it. My granddaughter is going to come along and hopefully pick up. I'm so lucky I work with my daughter and my son-in-law 
And I'm looking forward to the kids of the future kicking me out of the way and going forward. So if I can pass a little bit of knowledge down, that'll be my life fulfilled. I hope they get involved and keep pushing forward in the sewage game. Because I'm telling you, I'm not jumping in. It's not <laughs> happening. You'll be in there. Dad. You'll be doing it. <laughs> so, Lynn, how could our listeners learn more about your company, get in touch with you? Yep, we've got a great, great website and at www.shark, and that's S-H-A-R-C, energy.com. So when we're looking for a name for the product, we looked at things like Turdinator and Brown Burglar and things like that, but oddly enough, they were used. And we just went with the acronym Sewage Heat Recovery, which is Shark, and we have a stylized A in everything we do, but, uh, but yeah, visit our website or I'm on LinkedIn and, and we post, uh, we post a lot of neat stuff. And we had the governor of Washington state in our facility in Bellingham singing her praises a couple of days ago. My father always said, become successful just in time to die of old age. So things are looking good and I'm getting pretty old. Thank you, Lynn, for coming on the show. And thank you everybody for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. Make sure to smash that subscribe button. Mm-hmm.